Scoliosis Specialist Podcast, Episode 2. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa Caterula, and I'm here with Dr. Brian Willette, and this is Scoliosis Specialist's Podcast, Episode 2. And today we're going to talk about rigid bracing. You know, we do a lot of talking about the importance of the dynamic flexible brace that allows kids to be active and prevents any muscle weakness or atrophy. But there are times that rigid bracing is completely appropriate and actually very, very necessary. So we're going to talk today about when those times are. When do you use rigid bracing? When do you use the spine core flexible brace? And what that's all about. So, Dr. Brian, why don't you let us know, um, educate us a little bit about these braces that we have here, and when we would use a hard brace, and what that would be, what, when yeah. would that be appropriate. So, I'd like to start off by saying that we always use a dynamic brace. So, it's it's vital that we use a dynamic brace to treat scoliosis, even if we use a rigid brace. Because we always need that neuromuscular re-education, right. right? I mean, that's that's important. You can't just you can't just put a hard brace on somebody and push it into a position that you want because it won't hold. If you right. don't recruit new muscle, don't retrain the nervous system, nothing's going to hold, right? Okay. And so, uh, at the end of the day, we're left with where we started. And traditionally, for hundreds of years, we've been using rigid braces. Uh, but the goal was to just stop progression. So if there was, hey, we're just going to stop progression, we stopped progression through all the growth, that was a win. It was a victory. <clears throat> Everybody was celebrating, right? But now with dynamic bracing, we not only try to stop progression, but we try to get as much correction, any kind of correction that we can get, either using spine core dynamic bracing in combination with a rigid brace, we want these corrections to hold. Right. And, and, <clears throat> and I think it's important to note, too, that we do not put kids in rigid braces during the day, right? I mean, it's not Never. like they're going to school wearing no. that type of brace. No, and it, it really depends on aging, and there's a, some big no-nos with that, right? And we just don't offer it in our clinic. We've been doing treating scoliosis for, you know, 30 years and we just do not offer full-time rigid right. bracing. And that's for a reason. It's not, it's just yeah. not that we don't offer it. <clears throat> it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. It, it's not, if it, it has worked in the past and what's worked in the past is it stopped progression, right? <clears throat> so stopping progression in scoliosis is your victory. So the problem with having a child in a rigid brace 22 hours a day is what are you doing with the growth right i've seen kids come out wear a rigid brace for five years 22 hours a day they have big heads big legs and and their th whole thorax i know it's so sad is, is underdeveloped it's underdeveloped yeah. <clears throat> so it's a huge problem and so what else is underdeveloped are you just looking at the patient saying they're underdeveloped but think about what's inside the internal organs mostly and mainly the lungs and so these kids have pulmonary insufficiency as an adult. And if you read the research, it even decreases their lifespan. So if you know you're going to decrease a child's lifespan, is it, let's just get them through today to get to tomorrow. Or are you looking at the life of that patient, right? And until the end, I mean, you want to, right. Yeah. And just, quality of life too. <clears throat> Just because they have scoliosis doesn't mean they have to have a poor quality of life. It doesn't mean they need to die early, 
right? It just needs to be treated correctly. So we like to use a dynamic brace during the day just to, to, to the whole neuromuscular re-education system in the body. It needs to be trained. Well, and the great thing about the dynamic brace is not only clinically is it far superior to the rigid bracing you were talking about, but the compliance rate with spine core is so high because the kids don't mind wearing it. It fits underneath their clothing. They can play sports. It's comfortable, infinitely more comfortable than a full-time rigid brace. No, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. However, today's podcast was really based on the rigid bracing. When do we use it? When don't we? So we can just kind of right here and right now say if you're an adult and you're in a rigid brace we say get out we don't ever want to say hey i disagree with your doctor and i don't you know it's not my specialty and i'm not going to make this recommendation and your doctor recommended a, 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 a rigid brace and you're an adult and i don't want to step on toes but in this case i do I do. I want to step on toes because if you're a doctor and you know scoliosis and you're putting an adult in a hard brace, these spines, adult spines are rigid. They have degeneration. They have arthritic changes. They have more arthritic changes than uh, uh, somebody without scoliosis because of the amount of pressure due to the curves, right? So they have bone spurs. They have degenerative disc disease. They have it. They know it. That creates a rigid spine. So now you put them in a hard brace full-time where they get muscle atrophy, ligament laxity, the spine's going to collapse or you're going to make that spine more rigid. I say, I'll step on toes in that case. Well, and you're not really telling the patient anything they don't know. I mean, we get calls all day long from adults that have been put in rigid braces and they're, they're not getting better. They're not feeling better. They're not able to move around any better. The quality of their life has not improved. So they're miserable. Really, yeah, they're miserable. Yeah. So we just don't do it. We don't offer it. So um, people will call and say, hey, I heard you have a better rigid brace. I'm in one and I want a better one. And, and you know, that's it's not available here. So when when let, let, let's tell our viewers, when do we use these? What would be the indicators to put a child in a rigid brace? How many hours a day might they wear it? Let's talk a little bit about that. So we like to use it at night a nighttime only overcorrective rigid brace. And we're talking of different types of rigid braces. So we have one here. We like the CMP uh, corrective movement principle. It's a three dimensional. So if we look at it, we have dimensions in here. We have rotations and torsions that we can do. We also have a certain void here, an opening. Uh, And there's reasons for this. So what's an overcorrective nighttime rigid brace mean? Well, the idea is not to just enclose the spine and hold it from progressing. There are braces out there that do that, right? right? And they wear them 20 hours a day. So we want them overcorrect them. It's not meant to be walked around in because it's overcorrecting them. It's bending them. And that's a good point because actually in these braces, the kids, it would be impossible to wear it during the day. Yeah, they couldn't wear it all day. Their posture's off. Everybody would look at them because we're overcorrecting, we're Mm -hmm. bending. It's almost like taking a bending x-ray, but you're putting them in a brace. And that's the way they're sleeping. And then the spine, when they sleep, they lay down their supine. Their spine tractions out as well. And as they tighten it, it gets even more correction. So the key to these, though, is 
only if a child's growing. If a child's not growing and has no more spinal growth, we don't even use these because they're, they're at, at that point, you'd just be selling a brace to somebody that wants some kind of treatment for scoliosis. The idea is that you open the curve enough in a growing child that the concave side, that's the inside of the curve where all the pressure is, right? So when that child grows and they have all that pressure on the inside of the curve, the outside grows on the next growth spurt, but the right. inside doesn't. Right. And that's layman's terms. I mean, it's actually the posterior lateral aspect, right, right. delay in ossification centers, but nobody understands that. Basically, layman's terms, the, the spine is growing, the vertebrae are growing like a piece of pie, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And we want it to be like a block. Instead, it's like pie. Well, the inside, the next growth spurt, because of all that pressure on the inside of the curve, it doesn't grow. The outside does, the curve gets worse. Well, when we put them in this brace, we can force it to where we open that inside up, put the pressure on the outside of the curve, take the pressure off the inside of the curve, so that next growth spurt, we get growth on the inside, we get correction. So what are some of the other differences with this brace? Because, you know, we get calls from parents that say, well, I have a nighttime brace, right? I'm I'm looking for something during the day. I have a nighttime brace. So you did mention the overcorrective component, which is huge. But what else would be different about this brace? So there's a lot of things. One is, especially with a growing child, we want to deal with rotation. Everybody knows scoliosis has a lot of rotation and torsion, and everybody mentions rotation. If you're not treating rotation, uh, you're not treating scoliosis, right? So we can treat the rotation by pushing the rib cage around and then open the curve. But we have to, when you open the curve and you shift it and you want correction, you have to push it somewhere. And if you have a fully encased brace, you're pushing into a wall. If I push you into that wall, you're not going anywhere. So we have this huge opening. So one, it allows them to breathe much better. They'll never get pulmonary insufficiency because they can breathe. Also, as they're growing, it can reform the rib cage because it has a place to go, right? Also, because it's nighttime, we can put all this <clears throat> padding inside, right? So if you can have all this padding, that's all this white stuff, and not just the plastic, uh, it's much more comfortable. We also have a locking mechanism in the front, and that's so if they're switching and they're turning, you know, turning over side to side, stomach sleepers, whatever, they're fiddling around, keeps it in place. So I want to emphasize something that you said because you were talking about the three-dimensional component of this type of brace versus other rigid braces, which would be really like a two-dimensional treatment Mm -hmm. for a three-dimensional problem. But we get Mm -hmm. calls often from parents, and you know when they've got these young adolescent girls, um, appearance is a big issue, right? Mm -hmm. You oftentimes see that scapula, you know, protruding, Mm -hmm. and the parents want to stop or change the deformity of that rib cage. So I think what you're saying is that if we catch the curves early enough and we can use this type of intervention, we're really sort of remodeling the spine, right? We're, we're, we're not right. going to have that level of deformity that's so obvious. We've got the technology to be able to remodel. It doesn't always happen because right. people don't treat the scoliosis soon enough. Right. And when it's a large deformity, it's too much remodeling to have done. Right. So again, we go back to our, lad, our last podcast. 
where we said, get treatment early. Yeah, early don't, intervention. Don't wait. Yeah. It's like the last patient we just saw today, mm -hmm. right? Mom was in a Milwaukee brace, the kind that goes underneath the chin. Yep. The son had scoliosis she, she, because she had it. She brought him in early. It was a small curve. We straightened his spine. The little brother had the little brother had a small curve, an 18 degree lumbar curve. They they would be told to wait. Absolutely, they're a perfect example. Perfect. So 18 degrees straight spine. on an eight year old yep. is going to grow out. No, well, it's not going to grow out. With our treatment, it will. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if you wait and see and you do nothing, mm -hmm. 18 is going to 30, 40, 50. It just does. <clears throat> so we braced him, and what did we get on the post x-ray today? We have a straight spine. It's right. nice to do. And he doesn't need this. Right. He can use spine core only. He doesn't have to use this. But it's nice that we have this ammunition to back up something to say, hey, we didn't get as much correction. We're, we're, in, we're using spine cores, that dynamic braces, that thing to stop the curve. We got a little bit of correction, but we've got a high risk of progression. We've got five or six years of growth. Right. If we can do a nighttime overcorrective brace, we might get them to be able to grow straight. Right. And that's key. And that's extremely important. And that's why we use this. So CMP. I wanted to mention one other thing because you just briefly mentioned the locking mechanism. Yes. Can you explain to our viewers why that's so important? Because a lot of people have braces. The, the people at home that have rigid braces, they think their braces like this. Even the, what we're saying, yeah. it kind of looks to them like this. But there are some key com components. You mentioned the three-dimensional treatment. But the locking mechanism is really very, very critical to the effect. It is because you want there. There's certain when we do a 3D scan of the patient, and we send that scan and X-rays out to the CAD guy. A guy sits at the computer and he looks at the scans and he looks at the posture and he looks at the X-ray. He's putting everything together and putting pressure points at certain areas. And this is extremely important. And then when we put padding in to increase rotation, torsion, and shifts, we put that padding in, we want to be precise in where we put it. And so if you don't have a locking mechanism and it starts to shift or move, then those positions and places aren't there anymore, right? So you're not going to get the same treatment. Right. And, and you would imagine that if we're wearing this to sleep, you know, you're tossing and turning, moving around at Correct. night. So the, there's a high probability that it is shifting it will if you move. don't have that locking It mechanism. will move. Yeah. And I see other locking mechanisms that people have tried. You know, they they don't want to steal this one, so they try others. And I, you can still move it and shift it. This, you cannot move. <clears throat> so um, let's also talk about, you know, we talked about this type of brace they would wear to sleep at night. How long would a child need to be sleeping in this brace, typically? Well, we like to use this brace about 10 hours a day. Whether if, they sleep, if they're sleeping eight hours, then they need to sit up on pillows and watch TV for two hours before they go to bed. But we like, when we have to use a nighttime overcorrective brace, we like them to use it 10 hours. And are they wearing it for six months or a year? Or when are we wearing it? As soon as it's safe to take out, yeah. right? So as soon as they're finished growing, the mm -hmm. spine's finished growing, um, they're safe to take out. And it, it's really at, at that point, when the spine's finished growing, at that point, there's really no use to it anyway. Right. Right? Because any changes at that time will not hold. Right. So this is why I don't understand why adults are wearing hard braces. I just, I, I don't. 
Well, so, yeah, it's never going to be <clears throat> something that's going to help them. I welcome any doctors out there that are putting them in braces to give us a call and talk to us about it and share with me any research they have. Because we are constantly reading research, I mean, right. on scoliosis. It's all we do. And people go, oh, when's your last book you read? I don't read books. I read research papers. Yeah. And so I haven't found one that says that rigid bracing is good for adults. They're... they're there are none. They don't exist. So why is that happening? I, I don't know. And then um, <clears throat> we also like to use this. This is really handy. This is called our CMP light brace. The material is different. It's more like a hard styrofoam. It's almost like the inside of that. But we can use this for um, syndromic patients like uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, you know, which is a connective tissue disorder we have a three-year-old mm -hmm. we painted yeah. this we got it a, a batman you know it's all done batman he thinks he's wearing his armor and he's uh has no problem wearing it right and so sometimes we have him in this and and we're also using spine core on him as well because we don't want to um, have any other issues but this is a little bit softer um people are in wheelchairs Right, that's what I was going to. They can't up, communicate. Quite a few calls from people with. What if you got a child that can't communicate, and you put them in a hard brace, and they can't breathe? Yeah. And they can't communicate; they can't breathe. Yeah. Right. I mean, how uh, horrible! I mean, I I couldn't walk away. Right. You you, you can't do that. So, this is kind of nice because it it can expand with them, but it can still give them that support while sitting in the chair, and um, and it's I, I think it's the only one in the market. I've never seen one like this before. And uh, people in wheelchairs really don't yeah, mind wearing this uh, at all, and yeah. it gives them the support that they need. So, um, so there's there's different there are different kinds of braces that you can use to treat. And I was speaking with a patient this morning, and she said, "What about you know just doing chiropractic care?" And um, I'm a chiropractor, so I, I love chiropractic care, and I think chiropractic care is great. Uh, for anyone um, and I know a lot of you know people might say no you're curving the spine you shouldn't have it adjusted I mean if you know what you're doing you should have it adjusted we want motion right. motion is life we want motion to the spine chiropractic care puts it there but it doesn't stop progression right, right? physical therapy great doesn't stop progression so um, <clears throat> when we're treating scoliosis we really need to treat it with bracing and it's really the only thing that's been proven that's right. to work for adolescents. Adults have options, right? Adults have options. If they're getting a result and they're not in pain anymore because they went to physical therapy, they don't want to do a brace. They don't need to. Um, <clears throat> if adult wants to do chiropractic care and there's no risk of progression and they're doing well, keep doing it. They don't need a brace, right? Um, but in 30 years, it's just not, doesn't seem to be the case, right? right? What do you right. usually see with these people? An adult that's just doing chiropractic care, eventually. They progress. They time. progress. They, they get progress. worse. They're in pain. They go and they do other things. So <clears throat> you've, got to, you've got to think, how long have those patients had these problems? And yeah, at it's that, not going to be a quick fix, clearly. 
It's not a quick fix. Well, and I think that's that's the bottom line. So if, if you have a child that is currently, has been diagnosed with scoliosis, if they are in a brace <clears throat> or not in a brace, give us a call at the number on the screen or visit our website, scoliosisfix.com, and let us explain to you what we can do to help and, and make the appropriate decision in terms of what type of brace is best for your child. And x-rays are great. Did you mention x-rays? Send us the x-ray. Yeah, send us the x-ray. Download the x-ray on, right on the website. You can download it, I believe, right? Um, yep, yep. On you our can website. upload those images to us. And um, now when we're, we're, happy to when we're talking about adults and we get this all the time, right? Some people are older and they're like, download on your, on your website. I've got a flip phone, right? I don't know how to download to your website. So if they've got a flip phone, get a friend who's got a smartphone, take a picture of your x-ray. You can text it to our assistant and our assistant can just get that text. As long as we have that x-ray in front of us, we can do a phone consultation, no charge, right? Yeah, save, okay. them, save them their time, save them money and find out if we can help. Yeah. <clears throat> How many minutes was that? <laughs>